This is a Broad Pods production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio on this last show of the year. I'm so excited because I have not one but two co-hosts today. It is the lovely Ange Pipos and Nellie Thomas in the same room. Yay for us. Oh my gosh. I have to apologize. I'm a little dusty this morning because my daughter had graduation last night from year six. Congrats. I know. Yeah, they have to have a big event, of yeah, course, yeah, because yeah. you don't just what? finish year six and no. go to year seven anymore. My son was going from grade two to grade three and he didn't get to do a big graduation. Yeah, it's grade two because, to three is nothing. Well, it is. No, it is something for him. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because of the times that we're living mm. in, we yeah, missed out on that. But Well, we had a disco. We mm. had the liturgy. She's at a Catholic school. We did all that. And then the DJ insisted that the parents go and dance with the kids. And so at one point there were seven... <laughs> Middle-aged women all hoping their pelvic floors will hold out. Yeah. Basically. Because <laughs> I got a feeling. I mean, there's too yeah. much jumping in that. Yeah. That's like a trampoline nightmare <laughs> really waiting to is. happen. Anyway, good times. And I hope I hope I make it through today. We have an amazing show for you. One of Australia's favourite comedians, Felicity Ward, joins us all the way from the UK. We're going to learn how we can support single parents, carers and their children with founder of National Homeless Collective, Donna Stotzenberg. And we're going to look at what the year was with the two of these beautiful women and of course Shelley Ware is joining us as well we're going to be talking about the things that we loved and hated and all of everything of 2021 and I think you said uh kicking 2021 to the curb or oh what? it's gone <laughs> I know I've, I've been done with 2021 for months mm, same yeah, yeah sometimes denial works <laughs> it does you know um a bit to discuss today I'm so <laughs> yeah. excited to have the three like a proper conversation <laughs> like this none of this remote business this could go for days I know. Oh. Settle in. <laughs> Grab yourself a coffee. I've got one over there, yeah. just out of reach. Um, Sex and the City yes. has uh, launched its uh, ten-part reboot. Yeah. Um, I know you are a. Uh, you're my go-to on Shit television. TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was being polite. Yes, I will watch anything. Mm-hmm. So this is highbrow for me. To oh, be yeah. perfectly honest, like you know, this is above. I don't know. Wife swap. I didn't know you had that. 
Why I about know. you? I'm a woman of many, many shades. <laughs> and uh, and shames. <laughs> and shames, absolutely. You know what? I won't take on that shame. I won't take it. My brain works very fast and it gets very tired and sometimes mm. I just need to watch shit. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I support I'm owning that. it. I'm owning it. Sex in the City reboot. Interesting. I've got mixed feelings. I will absolutely watch it. Mm. Like there's no question that I will watch it. And I absolutely enjoyed parts of it. Um, but I found some of it just so cringeworthy. And so particularly, I think the main thing for me was the shoehorning in of kind of the modernisation. So clearly the the first uh, Sex and the City, you know, how many, seven series or whatever they were, mm. very white, very yes. straight, mm. very all the things. And it's like in the first episode they went, can we find like Minority Row and just pick everyone <laughs> and just like shove them in as though they'd never existed before, you know, yeah. so they just sort of like popped up in New York and that was very clunky. Um, but then on the other hand, I think, well, at least they've acknowledged the error of their ways and they're trying to rectify, mm. Yeah, you know, so, okay. Yeah. For me, um, I will always keep watching this because mm. these women, four down to three, um, were such an important part of my life, you know, mm. and I don't, you know, they're going to stay with me. Mm. I, I like them and I like the fact that it's about women um, and friendship and, um, you know, and all that stuff is good. A uh, couple of things. Clunky, yes. yes. Some of the dialogue yeah. was so clunky, especially around sexuality and race oh, and so those kinds so. of things. It really felt like it was sexuality 101 and oh, race 101 yes, rather than yeah. there was no nuance no. about that kind of thing. And not believable, Ange. You know, yeah. to have a sex columnist, a.k.a. Carrie, unwilling to talk about masturbation, for example, mm, yeah. like, this doesn't ring true. No. Yeah, but they did make that point. Like they, one of the characters did one say, characters this did. should be your thing. And it she's should. like, oh, but it's not me. I've always kind of uh, alluded to things. And, I, you know, when you look back at that was one of the differentiators. Oh, my gosh, I can't speak. Differentiators. Oh, the graduation got ceremony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was one of the things that separated her from Samantha back in the day. That she, sure. She, she didn't even see her boobs. She had sex with her bra on back then, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I guess... To me, that worked. But, mm. yes, the clunkiness of Miranda, A, not having ever watched a podcast or listened to a Listen podcast. To, sorry, yeah. Or n not understanding Black Lives Matter and all that. Yeah. She was the smart one of the group. That's right. Yes. That's right. The other thing that didn't ring true was the three of them were still with the same men. Yes. Mm. Now, that yes. that's not real life. Yes. No, yes. Surely there's no. been a, a separation or a divorce. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think they're just assuming that would have been Samantha. Um, yeah. But I think the other overarching thing for me, but this is a critique of Sex and the City in general, is that, the re I mean, I did respectful relationship shows for over a decade. So this is my, like my wheelhouse and mm. this is how I watch stuff. But the relationship between Big and Carrie is not a healthy relationship. So to sort of come back to this Sex and the City reboot and not acknowledge that, I think there was one acknowledgement, I don't want to do a spoiler, mm. but there's one acknowledgement where one character says... Oh, oh yes. am I the only one who remembers that he treated her like shit? And I yeah. thought, they better get into this in this series because yeah. we know too much now yes. to sort of look back at that relationship mm. as though it was healthy. 
Mm. I, I would agree with that, but I also have but to you love Mr. Bean, well, don't well, you? Well, the thing I, I just I, I think I can't separate it from the nostalgia of of how yeah. much it meant to me and all yeah, of those right. every episode tuning in week after week mm. and bawling my eyes out mm. in the last right. episode okay. and even and I have to say I like I loved the movies because of the fashion and the locations and people were so critical of it and I always say I go back to it why why can't women's film and tv be shit why can't it just be fantasy yeah like no one hang no one goes fast and the furious i can't believe how shit that is yeah well we do (laughs) we do it's just that most um critic tv critics are men you know it's like the critique of of pop music or of your kylie minogue Mm. or whoever it's like they they're coming from isn't nick cave amazing well he did a duet with kylie so shut Mm. the fuck up you know what i mean yeah i get what you're saying but i also think we can critique it we can i just feel like uh, yeah sometimes it's held to a higher regard which women's content often is your yeah. high standard yeah, yeah it's yeah. true yeah, yeah, it's yeah. True. double standards yes new york is a character as well in this that's yeah. the other thing that yeah. i'm drawn to i just can't get enough of the streetscape the cafes yeah. the... and the fashion oh my and, God. Yeah. The, yeah they look amazing but too yeah. wouldn't it be nice if aiden came back Oh, you are so funny. Aiden's not coming back. Or maybe he will. Oh, well. Wouldn't it be nice if people, this is the other thing about women being held mm. to higher standard. What's the commentary been about? Uh, Charlotte's had too much surgery. Yes. Yeah. Carrie hasn't had enough. Mm. It's yeah. like you can't win. No. They had to address the grey hair in the first yeah. episode. I'm like, I didn't even notice her hair was no, grey. No. It's just absurd. Oh, yeah. It's all of that, but we will be watching. Yes. Oh, I'll watch all of it, no doubt. <laughs> Another thing we'll be watching, moving right along, is watching with great interest the amazing Zoe Daniel, who's running as independent candidate in the in um the in Goldstein. Oh my God, what's happened to me? You've been doing the Macarena (laughs) till eleven o'clock at night, right? Nana needs a nap. I do. So Zoe Daniel is a part of this incredible independence movement, and Angela Pippos, you are working with her on this campaign. I am. I'm Zoe's media advisor, and this is what happens when you have a 30-year friendship. She said, I need you on my team, (laughs) and you can't say no. (laughs) And, of course, I'm doing it because I believe in Zoe. I believe in the independents Mm. who are stepping forward. Mm. Um, These are women who have just had enough. Had enough. That is the vibe. They've just had enough. It's the mad as hell moment Mm, in Australian politics. And I tell you what, it's laughable that... Liberal MPs are lining up to say that the independents are puppets and they mm. are just um, mm. Labor and Greens in disguise. Mm. I mean, they're trotting out the same line. Who's the puppet? Yeah, they are saying right. the same That's thing. Right. Um, you know, right. with, with with different uh, voices, but they're saying the same thing. These women are not puppets. These mm. women are strong and compassionate and courageous, and they've been looking at the political landscape and. They just can't handle it anymore. They want to get in there and they want to talk about real climate action. They want to talk about integrity. They want to talk about gender equality. Mm. They want to talk about refugee policy. They want to talk about, you know, affordable housing Mm. and do it properly, like have proper debate in Parliament rather than this two-party system that really is is shameful. The level of debate we have in this country is dreadful. Isn't it interesting, the puppet thing, because they literally don't want to be told by the higher-ups what to say and think. I mean, if you think the two most well-known female independents, I think at the moment, would be Jackie Lambie and Mm. Fiona Patton, and you couldn't accuse either of them 
of being a puppet to anybody. Oh, my gosh. And they have changed the political landscape. And that's the other thing that I find kind of laughable. Every time someone uh, criticises the notion of an independent as, well, they're just going to hold parliament to ransom and they're going to make it, you know, there's going to be so much debate in parliament. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Zali Siegel yeah. introduced her climate bill and Helen Haynes introduced mm. her integrity bill. So they mm. introduce bills, they have proper debate, which is what it's supposed mm. to be like, mm. and they also break down, having women, masculine norms mm. that make the place so toxic. Mm. Mm. So there, <laughs> there and is And Zoe no Daniels downside. seen some stuff. I mean, <laughs> this is the other thing. If you yeah. look at her experience oh. in, in world affairs and international relations and so on, just by nature of her career... Would you say, would she identify herself as a centrist? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. she she's deliberately, consciously neither left nor right. That's right. She declares herself um, up front as a swinging voter. She's the sort of person who goes to the voting booth and doesn't know who to vote for, right? right? Um, I, I, you know, some people are wired differently. Zoe is a true centrist. Mm. And, you know, I'm just so proud of her mm. for taking this giant leap. Oh, it's massive. Like, it's a massive leap. Already, you know, you can sense that there's going to be a bit of argy-bargy mm. in Goldstein. Mm. And, um, you know, you need courage to do this. Jeez, you do. You really do. Yeah. And she's got it She's going to do well. But I really think she's going to do well. She's sacrificing a lot. She's yeah. got an enormously successful career yeah. in, in the media and she's got her own consultancy that was really starting to take you know, mm. some great momentum. She's sacrificing a lot to do this because she realises yeah. it's time there was change and she sees a vision for Australia that all of us want. Mm. Yeah, You know, it's, it's very exciting and as are all of the independents, mm. very exciting. And not being see. a career politician, mm. I think, is a really interesting thing that we need to see more of as mm. well. Like she comes to the role with a really different life experience but also different motivation like you want someone to come into politics who comes in because they see things they don't like and want to change and not just because they want power and it's the same with allegra spender it's the same with monique ryan these are women who have been successful in their own right Mm. and they've had so much life experience Mm. and and they are they are bringing that with them and i i just look i can't wait to see these women sitting on the cross bench. I really can't. Mm. It's going to make Australian society better as well as mm. Parliament. Big, big couple of months for you though, and Zoe. Yes, <laughs> yes, we're going to be busy, but um, yeah. I couldn't be working with mm. a better woman, so yes. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. It's true. Now, uh, we do have to get to our first guest, but I wanted first to play a video that I have played over and over and over this week, and uh, it's the amazing Sam Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure that you've dived into it. She was playing for Chelsea. Unintended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I should leave this uh, in, up to you, Ange, to talk to the video because oh, I'm not the sports expert. Please but, play yeah. it again. This this will be like the 100th time I've seen it, I think. So, okay. So there is... Um, dude wants a selfie. Yeah. Bloke comes onto the ground, yeah. t- interrupts play, thinks he's important, bang. <laughs> and there goes Sam Kerr with the most perfectly executed hip and shoulder I've ever seen. Thinks he's important. I love it. Can we play it again, Ro? Because my favourite part in watching this is that you can see her sizing him up. So she's walking next yeah. to him, sizing him up, and then she does the perfect run-up to give him that beautiful Aussie rules bump. 
Like she's number 20 here. Look yep. at her. She's going, oh, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, here we go. Watch out, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, she's oh, the best. And you know what? She was so many of us because mm. who hasn't wanted to do that, yeah, you yeah. know, in, in life, especially over the past oh, the couple disrespect. of years watching federal parliament. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's yeah. in my head all the time. I don't know how to execute a hip and shoulder <laughs> like that, uh, a bump like that. But, wow, it, it was um, her taking on the patriarchy yeah. and, and, you know, well, masculine you're, you're privilege. You're in my workplace, mate. You've yeah. walked onto yeah, my yeah, – yeah. you're, you're on my stage. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say before, because I've seen a bit of commentary, which always happens when this stuff happens, of like, well, imagine if the gender roles were reversed uh, and a man yeah. hip and shouldered a woman. Look at the size of her. Yes. Yeah. Look at the size of him. It is not the same debate. I'm no. sorry. It is simply not the same well, debate. Look at the context around yes. the way women have been treated throughout That's history right. and the subordination. The and... entitlement of this dude. Yeah. To yeah. walk on to professional. Imagine if you did that at the Australian Open. Yeah. You know, or a men's AFL oh, match. No. Or, you know, come yeah. on. Yeah. Um, oh, God, ladies, it's so nice to have you in the room. <laughs> We're going to play some of our favourite bits of the show throughout the year um, in a little later on because uh, we do have to get to our first interview. And actually for that, I'm going to vacate the premises. I'm going to leave it up to you two, beautiful Nellie and Ange. Go and chill, chill. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, guess who we're chatting to now? Tell me. I think I think I've I think spoken you know. to her before and she's fabulous. She's absolutely fabulous. It is Donna Stoltzenberg, who is the CEO of the National Homelessness Collective. But I always like to introduce her by saying that she was Victorian of the Year because it makes me feel very important that I know the Victorian of the Year. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Donna, how are you? I'm doing really well, Nelly. How are you both? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Really we're... good. Motivated, energised. Yeah, feeling well, good. I'm not energised or motivated, <laughs> but I'm here. And so, Donna, you've got some important messages you want to share with us at Christmas time or this time. I mean, but there's people who don't celebrate Christmas, end of the year, Happy New Year, whatever markers we want to use. What What yeah. did you want to share with all the listeners? Well, look, it's been such a tough year for everybody in this country with COVID and lockdowns. And, and really, it's been two years of it. And many states, uh, well, all states have suffered in some way because we all haven't been able to visit each other. We haven't been able to be there to care for each other. 
and lend a hand. You know, communication is such a huge part of um, of our being, and that's been thwarted so much with all the lockdowns and that that we've had. So. And especially Victoria, we've had two years of this now where we've seen lockdown after lockdown. And what that's actually done, the National Homeless Collective supports all people experiencing homelessness and disadvantage. So not necessarily those who are living on the streets. We support those people as well as many other people. But what we've seen with these continued uh, lockdown, the pandemic and everything changing is that so many more people have become very isolated. They've lost their support networks. They've lost their jobs. We've seen a huge increase in people who are needing our support, not just with homelessness, but with basic items like food, sanitary items, um, personal care items things for kids for school and it's the end of the year now and I know that everybody is absolutely exhausted especially those and myself included who are caring for people who have extra needs and um, extra responsibilities there's something over 800 nearly 900,000 carers in this country who have primary care of another person and they give anywhere from 20 to 60 hours per week unpaid care and at the end of the year, I know everyone's exhausted, but we're still here. The National Homeless Collective is still here supporting those people. We're still here um, helping anyone who needs us. But the huge message that we have is that we can't do that alone. We're a non-funded organisation. We're looking out for everybody, but we need people to look out for us as well and help us to continue to provide the support that we offer to those people in need. And Donna, for those people who have a few spare pennies, uh, you've got your Christmas raffle on. Um, explain, because you've told me this before, you can get your support to those who need it really quickly, can't you? You're one of those organisations that doesn't have red tape and all mm. those sort of hoops to jump through. Tell us about that, how quickly you can respond to people in need. Well, that is one of the things that sets us apart, the main thing that sets us apart from a lot of organisations. And indeed, the larger organisations do come to us and ask us for support because we can get uh, tangible goods and get items to people much faster than they often can because of all the red tape. We basically have none. We've got a wonderful relationship with Star Trek Australia who will send anything for us anywhere for free. So if we've got a client in South Australia or in far north Queensland or um, Northern Territory, whatever it is they need, we can get it that day, get it into Star Trek and, and get it off to them straight away. Not just the individual person, but also we support other organisations to support their individual clients. So if an organisation perhaps is running out of, um, even this week we have an organisation, wonderful Christmas on the streets uh, group here in Melbourne and also in Sydney, they needed 70 sleeping bags. And I got a message from Rose and she said, do you have any? We're like, 70 sleeping bags on the way to you straight away so people can stay warm and, and, and covered, yeah. You know, I think one of the great things as well, and you and I have talked about this before, is that with a raffle, like there'll be heaps of people right now, what is it, the 14th, December, something like that, who are going, oh, shit, I haven't done my Christmas presents. Are they going to get delivered in time? All that sort of, with the raffle, and I did this myself the other day, if you've got relatives interstate or you've got people you don't know who to buy, what to buy for, like we've all got people that are difficult to buy for, <laughs> then you can just jump on and buy them raffle tickets and they could end up winning a beautiful prize but either way they're going to be supporting you 
Absolutely. And there are four major holidays to be won in this raffle. So we've got one incredible fishing trip for a week. Check out the details on it. It includes everything. It's absolutely incredible. But we've got three holidays to the Sundays, and they're... Um, they're not just basic holidays. These are like full oh no, they're on. full glam, <laughs> yeah, full, full luxury, yeah. And Queensland's open now, yeah. so we can go there. And so, and if if you do find that we do have another lockdown or uh, you can't go, you can reschedule it for up mm. to a year, and we can negotiate that after as well. The tickets are twenty five dollars, but what they pay for is for a child to attend our Christmas party this year. Also, it pays for school bags and school equipment for children coming into the new year. So many families just cannot afford the basics for their kids for school mm. now. We also provide camp packs and swimming packs for kids. Uh, so $25, a present for someone, if you've got someone mm. who you cannot think of what to buy for, means a child can get to go to the party with their parent and you're still supporting us for... Uh, Even better, Donna, if you've got, like, you know, your redneck uncle that you don't like and who wouldn't support homelessness normally, you go, here's your present, Uncle Barry. Enjoy. <laughs> I was listening to your conversation before um, about politics and, and I really wanted to jump in because really it's, you know, this country's been run by the pale, stale, old, middle-aged male forever and um you know buy them buy them men tickets get them tickets absolutely and if they end up in the wit sundays fine yeah, yeah. Exactly. donna you're the best chuck out the rest we have to wrap it up but merry thank christmas yeah merry christmas and we must catch up very soon we must and thank you for all the amazing work you do unlike most ceos you're actually on the street with the people you're helping and bless you Thank you for having me and congratulations on a fantastic year abroad. Thanks, Thanks Donna. Donna. Awesome. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Well, ladies, it's time to cross to one of our other amazing co-hosts. I'm hoping she's there. Is this Shelley Ware? How are you, beauty? There she is. Hi, Shell. Hello, Shelley. How are you? Darling, have you got news? Are you moving? Well, we're certainly thinking about it. We're heading to the Gold Coast to see if we would like to live there or if we've romanticised it during lockdown. I feel like this is like so many people in Melbourne have uh, thought Mm. about is there, uh, is grass actually greener? Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere else. Yes. The Goldie. Yeah, well, my husband's wanted to live there for about 20 years and he's asked and asked and asked. And with my work with the AFL, I've sort of put it off. And then I thought, you know what, I've been holding this guy up for 20 years now and I don't want to hold him anymore. (laughs) This is the perfect time. So we'll see. We're going up on Friday. We're going to check it all out and see what the world brings us. And Shelley, they play Australian football in Queensland, so there'll be plenty of work for you there as well. Yeah, there is plenty of work in the AFL. It's, uh, you know, life goes in cycles and this is a cycle that's ended on television and, you know, now it's time for different things to happen in life and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Well, Shell, I've got a question for you which I'm asking all of us today. What would you do next year if you do move or if you don't, if you had an extra 1,000 hours in your year? Because Nellie Thomas has introduced (sighs) us to the Hilda report today. Um, First, before we 
Uh, well, let, before I get your answer about what you would do with an extra 1,000 hours a year, let's uh, hear from you about, about the Hilda. Hilda. So yes. the Hilda report, it stands for the Household Income and Labor Dynamics in Australia Survey, which is a very respected and large survey. Like we haven't just called 100 people. They've no. called, you know, thousands and We thousands. haven't just called Hilda. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> or women, <laughs> women called Hilda. Or yeah. women called Hilda. Yeah. 17,500 people in 9,500 households. I don't think it'll come to surprise uh, as a surprise to any of us that Australian women do more unpaid work than Australian men. Mm. But even I, as a you know long-standing feminista, communista, was shocked <laughs> that how much it was. Twenty-one unpaid extra hours a week. So this is assuming we both work full time mm. or we both work the same amount of mm. paid work. Women doing an extra twenty-one hours a week of unpaid work which equates to a thousand hours a year Mm, so imagine what you would do with your health your well-being your career if you had a thousand extra hours a year shelly what would you do with a thousand extra hours i do feel like hilda called me which is (laughs) definitely one of those people that have fallen into that trap but I would say that I would probably spend more time on my own well-being for sure yes. and catching up with friends, which I just don't do enough of. It's yes. so true. That is one of the things that goes, 100%. doesn't it? And even if you're in a, um, a relationship that you think is pretty fair and pretty even, like mine, I'd say is, is pretty good on, on that front, I do most of the unpaid hours. Mm. Yeah. And it's a bit to do with... Um, society sort of pushing the message that you know a woman is better at doing that sort Mm. of stuff well how many ads do we still see and (laughs) people say this as though it's sexist toward men when in fact what it's doing is screwing us over where you know you see the man who can't do the washing (laughs) and he's like oh we shouldn't say men are stupid no the ad's not targeted at men Mm. it's targeted at women to say he won't do the washing properly you need to do it you know, it's just this ongoing thing. But you'd think in the 21st century that the gap wouldn't be that big. Also, I think, no. too, what happens is that uh, we are told that we, we won't relinquish the power, that we're control freaks. Oh, yeah, it's our fault. I, and I love yeah. that as a narrative, too, because yeah. I'm like, I have as an experiment yeah. left a thing on the floor yeah, to see how long it takes <laughs> yeah. for my husband to pick that up or my child mm. and it can it could still be there three years later so mm. it's not like i'm not relinquishing <laughs> absolutely <power. laughs> like absolutely i totally agree so and they, especially to carers we get told because i've got a child with disability we get told constantly oh you know you just do more, more self-care and to your point shelly i'm like when mm. like mm. when would i actually have this bubble bath that you keep talking about (laughs) as though that would magically change my life anyway but there's no it's always put back on women to find the solutions and quite frankly dude step the fuck up Mm. yeah seriously i always get told you haven't trained your husband enough oh Oh, my god what is he a golden retriever Does he not know how to shake? <laughs> oh, Shelley. Yeah, it's so true. It's yeah. about conversations about equality, sexism, abuse. Women have shouldered all these conversations Enough. forever. It yeah. is time for men to show some responsibility here and have yeah. these conversations with their male friends as well. 
Yes, and yeah. Shell, because you uh, come from an educator background as well, you've worked in, you've just said goodbye to the school you've worked in for a very long time. Yeah. And so you see parents and families, right? And I have just come from my daughter's graduation last night, which is why I can't say words anymore. And <laughs> um, we were we exchanged letters. She wrote a letter for her parents and oh. we were to write a letter for our oh. child. Right? I know. That's sweet. Um, but oh. how many do you think in that room, how many letters were written by the dads? Almost none of them. Yeah, unfortunately it is something that is always given to the women to do. Yeah, mm. nine times out of ten I would say that a woman has written that letter. Like it's just, and mm. you know, my husband, he's an amazing dad. I'm like, but babe, you've written yeah. one paragraph in this. Mm. Why did it fall to me? Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, the- I knew the answer. Shelley, the classic as well, again, coming from education system, I mean, I've tried this as an experiment as well of going, putting my kid's dad down as the contact at school. Oh, yes. But who gets called if someone needs to be picked up mm. from school? In, they still 100% of the time call me. 100% yep. of the time. And school admin is quite a thing. This oh, is what it I've is dis- quite a discovered. thing. Because yeah. Simon says, oh, it's not that hard. Well, he, he hasn't been doing it. No. <laughs> and there's a lot of this. The apps and oh. emails and contributing to Christmas presents for teachers, mm. all that Compass stuff. Compass notifications oh. are the bane of my existence. Oh, it all comes to me. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a bit of busy admin. trying to get a woman elected to parliament. I've got, other, right. I've got other shit to do. That's right. I don't care about the school lunch thing. Oh oh. Yeah. yeah. It's got a lot to do with the um, unconscious bias that we have in our yes. heads as educators and in admin about the mother being the carer yeah. and being the person that is going to nurture the child. When in fact, my husband is a brilliant nurturer and carer for my son and would rush to him at any given moment if he got the phone call and drop whatever he could. So mm. you know, that, that's just the unconscious bias of the stereotypes that have been pumped into our heads over years and years mm. that we've got to shake. Mm. But, Shell, don't you think we're at the point now, and I think that's what is borne out by this HILDA survey in 2021, we're at the point now where we have to stop telling women to change that because we're conscious of it. Mm. We are fully aware of the mental load um, that parenting involves and caring involves. I really think the conversation needs to shift to more men need to leave work on time, they need to invest more in their families, we need to acknowledge that work is easier than caring for children, it is absolutely like a holiday for me. I don't know about you guys, but it is easier. So men need to step up and not step yeah. over the towel on the floor. I think I think we're seeing more men doing that. Yeah. I just think there are a lot of men that are just getting home, sitting on that couch and not doing the right thing by their family and considering and thinking that home is a place of rest, where they yes. go to rest. But in actual fact, home is where the work starts. You know, where you've got to put Nailed it. So Nailed good, it. Good humans. Yeah, we're trying yeah. to make good humans that are going to be productive and caring mm. and have empathy and, and help their wives and their mm. their husbands or, you know, their lovers when they grow they grow up. You know, that's what we're wanting and that starts when you walk through that front door. Oh, Do you know one of my favourite things is that how many um, guys will go, oh, I don't mind if it's a bit messier. I'm like, oh. how would you know? <laughs> Like, you live in a shithole for a couple of months and get back to me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, though. We've, we've, had a new, we've had a new way of operating during the pandemic. Mm. We've had more flexible work arrangements and working from home. Really hoping that that leads to, I don't know, some better decisions about work-life balance with work 
also working from home. Also, more and more, we understand that men need to have uh, carers leave when children are born. Absolutely. You know, in the corporate yeah, yeah, yeah. world, they're understanding that, and maybe that's going to shift things a little as well. I mean, we have to be optimistic, don't yeah. we? Um, hey, Shell, yeah. I would love to hear from you. We're going to uh, just a little bit of a reminisce of the, our favourite moments mm. of broad radio this year and so I wanted to start with you what was, what's been one of your favourite uh, interviews that you and I might have shared I really loved when we talked to Rosie Worsley I loved that we talked about menopause so openly and I think I'm getting to the age like I'm 50 in a couple of months so it was like okay this is probably the first conversation I've had about menopause and I didn't even actually realise what was happening to my own body and so to talk about it and hear that, I've started to pay more attention to what's actually happening to my body. Uh, you know, I've got a touch of the moods, which I've actually never had before. I've pretty much just been <laughs> even killed my whole life. So I didn't quite know where that was coming from. And, you know, a few other things that have been happening with my body that I'm now paying attention to. So I can only imagine, Joe, that that's made an impact in other people's lives as well. Mm. You know, for the men as well who are listening to this show, and trying to understand what is happening to their families or to their partners or, you know, mm. what, what, what is going on in this house? So, um, you know, to understand has <laughs> been pretty, pretty good on my behalf. I, I love I've got a touch of the moods. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up the towel. Pick it up. Um, you, you absolutely are. Dr. Rosie Worsley was extraordinary. She actually, I think, was our most, uh, we got the highest response to of any interview that we did this year to hers. And um, so let's play a tiny little clip because I loved her speaking about the stigma of menopause here. I've had people that don't even want to tell their own family that they're having menopause. But really, 10% of women go through menopause before 45, 1% of women before age 40. And when I was going through medical school, we were told, well, you know, early menopause before 40 is really rare, it's 1%. But when you think about it, one in 100 women, that's that's actually very common. Mm. That's a lot of women, you know, so there's a lot of women who are having this experience. Um, and I think, you know, we do need to kind of change the, the way we think about it in that it's often tied with, well, you know, either womanliness or sexuality or being able to reproduce and I think because we've still got that sort of cultural hangover of you know the main use of a woman is to have babies you know she's a walking uterus or something rather than a, a person with a uterus um so you know I think if we can reframe that and it's just part of you know part of female existence then um that might be helpful Mm. Oh, yeah. How good is she? Yes. Really enjoyed the menopause conversations this year on Broad Radio. Yeah. That's where I'm I've getting sweated my, info. my way through them. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been having night sweats. <laughs> and now I understand well, roughly what's going well, on. Well, can I tell you, I am on the <laughs> other side. And when I was experiencing those night sweats, I assumed I had some kind of terrible cancer because I assume everything oh. is cancer, right? Oh, so yeah. I just well, constantly. Same, same. Yeah. Do you, Shell? With the breast soreness, I was like straight off to get a breast scan. That's yeah. it. I've got cancer. But actually, Shelley, what you said before, I think, is really pertinent. I'm sorry to make it serious for a moment, mm. but when you said you didn't know what was happening to your body, like I look, mm. I've got a 14 year old, and I think the information that she has about periods, menstruation, puberty, you know, all the changes that are happening in the hormonal tsunami that is a 14 year old, I had none of that information. Mm completely right. disconnected from my own body and I'm determined not to do that to myself that was done to me but to do that to myself through menopause yeah like we need to know what's happening mm. 
We sure do. And those conversations that we had were really, really important because we keep going and going and going with ourselves and we don't, you know, we don't seem to look at ourselves and that's mm. that 21 hours that we were talking about yes. before <laughs> that it would be nice to have back into our lives. But when we stop and have these conversations and, and you listen to other people, you go, hang on a minute. That's actually happening to me. I'm to going to me. slow down a bit and I'm going to listen to what's happening to my body. Mm. And it's so vital. And then I'm going to research more. I'm going to go and talk to the right doctors that don't see me for two minutes and don't want to touch me because, oh, my goodness, she's talking about women's things, but actually want to sit with me, you know, for mm. 45 minutes where, you know, we talked about the Jean Hales and we talked to them as well. So where you can sit down for 45 minutes with a menopause specialist and actually have a real conversation, not one of, oh, quick, get out of my doctor's surgery as quick as possible mm. so we don't have to talk about those sorts of things. <laughs> oh, Shell, I just love your perspective every yeah. time. So go well to Queensland. You will be joining us remotely, even if you do choose to move up there yes. to mm. the greener, sunnier pastures. Um, thanks for being a part of Broad Radio this year. It's just been awesome. Loved it. Just tiny, tiny bit of advice, Shell. Just talk to some Queenslanders before you decide to move there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, and I just need to mention we have had a couple of comments there with regard to the 21 hours and uh, Pippi's saying we have to be brave enough to hold the line on expectations. Ooh, that's so exhausting, holding a line. I don't know what that means. What's I've that? held it. You've held it? I've held the line. Yeah, I've tried holding the line too. Like mm, I just, That's yeah. why I sort of feel like we have to shift the conversation mm. because mm. it's like the line's there. They ignore it. <laughs> My husband's asleep on the line. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, we're going to have more Broad Radio after this when Felicity Ward joins us from the UK. Yay. Broad Radio. Talking inspo we love, info we need, and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday, 9am, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300 8 Broad. Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere. Every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis, we've got you covered. Broad Radio, here for more. Well, Nellie, we have been lucky enough to have some amazing comedians on Broad Radio yes. this year, you included. Oh, get out of town. <laughs> you know, you know I said it. Um, but today we're welcoming one of Australia's best, but she doesn't live in Australia, she's in the oh, UK. she's still ours though. Yeah. Yeah, she is Felicity Ward and she joins us all the way from the UK. Hi, Felicity. Felicity Ward. Hi, how are you going? Oh, my God, have you finished your second dinner, which is what you were eating about two minutes ago? No, mate, I've still got a prawn to go. You've I've still, still got, got half a prawn, prawn to go. My favourite part of yeah, that is Yeah, there might be another one in there. That's classic mum territory, isn't it? Mm. It's like your first dinner at 5, 5.30. Oh, mm -hmm. 8 o'clock, I'm starting to get hungry again. I'll just have another dinner. If you're not in bed by nine, you absolutely have to have another dinner. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> How are you supposed to get through eight hours of sleep? Yep. Eight. I mean, obviously that's laughable, but yeah. um, some more sleep <laughs> yeah. without a second dinner. I was going to say, surely you're not having eight hours. How old yeah. is your bulb right now? He's two. He's just turned two. I actually am getting a decent amount of sleep. If I go to sleep at 10 o'clock... I will get eight hours sleep, sometimes eight and a half. 
Don't you love that that's a conversation? Oh, no. <laughs> How much sleep are you getting? That's still a conversation. My yeah. kids are 9 and 14. That's still yeah. a conversation. Mm, yeah. And then I hear some people kind of go, oh, they slept through from seven weeks. I'm like, don't tell anyone that's that. That's rude. Mm. It's not I a helpful thing. I need to thing. hear that. No, it's not a helpful <laughs> that's thing. That's a violent thing to say to someone. Oh, I haven't slept for 14 years. Please. My daughter's yeah. 12 and she still climbs into yeah. bed with us yeah. during the night. And I keep, I, there's not a bigger bed. Like I got the king, king yes. the king of the kingest. Yeah. And it's no. still, still she's it. between us. Yeah. So Felicity though, you're <laughs> new, you've got two new shows coming up. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> it was a cough. Did it sound like a sneeze? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I just wanted to acknowledge it. So you tell because us about your. My husband your... does this thing whenever I cough. He says, bless you after I cough, and I hate right. it. I'm like, I didn't sneeze. He's Sorry. like, I know, it's just saying bless you anyway. I'm like, that's very, I don't know what that is, but it's mm. upsetting me. Yeah, okay, I won't do that again. Noted. Can you tell us about <laughs> All manners aside, tell mm. us about your, you've got two shows that you're working on. Is this correct? Going by the I'm actually media. doing three. Oh, wow. Oh, are you, okay, so... I've got a. I'm just so busy. <laughs> no, I've got two different things that are happening at the moment. Um, I put on some fundraisers that are happening in January. I'm just hosting those shows. Um, I'm a patron of a charity in London that um, helps people experiencing homelessness to find. They provide temporary accommodation, and then they now help them find permanent accommodation as well. So I do uh, fundraisers for them every year and I get a bunch of my friends who are more famous than me um, to come and do those gigs with me. And then I'm also doing three new hour-long shows, which I'm bringing out to Australia, um, on motherhood. I'm doing an hour on pregnancy, an hour on birth and an hour on parenthood. Hang on, hang on, let's back up. (laughs) The, I mean, the homelessness thing, well done, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Let, great. But et cetera. Three, <laughs> three, heal, heal the world. Three okay. new one-hour shows in one year. You have officially lost your marbles. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a kid. It's done. They're, the marbles went. <laughs> yeah, right. They absolutely went. Right. But I okay. think that I'm still so close to it that yeah. uh, and it's such like I know that everyone goes, oh, it's changed my life, blah, blah, blah. But there's so much stuff that no one tells you about mm, and it's totally. fundamental. It changes you fundamentally. It's yeah. not like, oh, I, you know, I've gone on a lemongrass diet. Yeah. It's like my body doesn't look the same. Yeah. I like, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's always on me. I always can't believe it. I always want to, yeah. I run up to new mums in the street. Like if I see a, a baby who's in a bassinet, not in the sitting up seat, I'm like, okay, they're less than four months. And I go up to them every time. I'm like, oh, how old? And they're like, oh, you know, six weeks or whatever. And I go, how's it going? And they go, oh, and I go, it's really hard, isn't it? It's so hard. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. it's so hard. And people in London don't talk to anyone. But when you're a mum and you go up to another mum, they can see that you've experienced the desperation that they're living through. Yeah. <laughs> but also so they're like, in okay, I'll tell this stranger in the street. You being an Australian yeah. in London, you can get away with that too because I think we're all insane. So yeah, it's just it's like, like this is just one of those crazy Australian ladies who's going to have no boundaries. Yeah, they find our 
uh, they find it charming, the fact that yes. we have no boundaries. Mm. I do too. Yeah. I find Thank it very God. charming. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> have got no choice. <laughs> when someone has boundaries, you've got to accept, you know, no boundaries you've got to accept. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. The, the three different stages of this child, right, That you, is, is it kind of a cathartic thing to get this written and out because when you say it's on you, it's in you, you're thinking about it all the time, do you think it will help to have the shows out? I don't know. Look, Look, I go to therapy for that. I don't ever try to work my stuff out on stage. I think it's dangerous for me and for the audience. I don't want to get halfway through a show and have like a traumatic revelation because I haven't dealt with my stuff beforehand in therapy. Um, <coughs> I am also an antidepressant since uh, getting postnatal depression. Uh, and they work wonders, absolute wonders, mate. Mm. I, if you haven't had uh, postnatal depression, it's like regular depression but just with more responsibility. <laughs> just with someone else's life in your hands yeah yeah I reckon in like, I know when I was pregnant with my first daughter so it's 15 years ago and I booked in of course stupidly booked in a show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival because I didn't know you know I'm like she, I know. knew she'd be four months old I'm like I should be mm. fine by then mm, mm. I'll be sleeping through the she'll night she'll be fine but I must say Felicity it did actually help it was cathartic because I'd had four months of being on my own with this baby and all of a sudden yeah. there were people witnessing what I was going through. So it wasn't yeah, yeah. therapy, but it was like being seen. Yeah, and it's like a massive uh, transition going from a pregnant person and yep. then going on maternity leave. And when you're yep. a comedian, that means unemployed. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a baby. And so in that maternity period, it's kind of nice that you're not doing work. It's like a ho- yes. little holiday for a couple of weeks. And then you have a baby. And for me, it was so much more stressful than I thought it was going to be. It yeah. was so much more intense. Everything around it, it brings up any trauma you have, yeah. any trauma with your family, any of their yeah. trauma, it all comes up. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that was going to happen. And then I remember doing my first gig and it was like I'd got away. Oh, Because look, the other thing 100%. that I found really stressful is that if you're not coping well, you still have a baby that's absolutely reliant on your yeah. body and you to survive. And it's like, mm. no, 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 but I can't look after me let alone you. Mm. Was this supposed to be a funny interview? Mm. I feel like I've no, really it's, taken no, it's, it's meant to be <laughs> true <laughs> and that's absolutely true yeah. for so many people. Yeah. And when, I, I think the power of what you're doing with these shows is, and I've been in an audience of your shows, Felicity, um, the, the, the audience goes, oh, me too. Oh, totally. Oh, my God, I'm yeah. so nor- I'm normal now. I, yeah. and, and, you know, and being yeah. given permission to laugh at our own psychosis yeah. <laughs> is really, yeah. Yeah. really awesome. Yeah, well, especially well, in the age of... there's just all these of... things that I... Sorry, Neil. Sorry, I was just going to say, especially in the age of, you know, Instagram and influencers and everyone's got a fucking opinion on parenting and what you should be doing when you're pregnant and all the rest mm. of it, I think to have realness is a relief mm. for anyone who feels like they don't want to pretend. Pretending hurts us. Yeah. I, I think something that I... Well, something I've written a little bit about that I want to talk more about is... um. Uh, just infertility and the all-enveloping jealousy mm. that I had for years because we couldn't fall pregnant. Um, and you've just got to, like, pretend to be happy for everyone around you and you're devastated. You're devastated every month you're not pregnant and it's like mm. just when you're, uh, you know, just when you might, you know, you're maybe three weeks into the month so you're as far away from your period as you can be. 
and then someone will go, ah, it's a boy, or and like mm. they'll post a bump shot or what have you, and it just crushes you all over again. Well, that was my experience anyway. I know that there's lots of people that have that too. I know that I got asked a lot, like, when are you guys going to have kids? Um, no, no, we've lost her. Oh, that's so devastating. It happens with the internet. I don't know. Do you know, I was just thinking, though, around that, Nelly, um, because I've got one child and I just wrote a column about the fact that I still have that deep desire for a second. Do you? And you have, oh, my God. Do you? The heartache around never having the second. But, you know, so you sit in this gratitude knowing that there are women who still have the no children and how devastating that is. So you can have that gratitude, but you have the grief at the same time. And the grief at the same time. And I'm time. just like, yeah. you know, there's no just getting away from no. grief as a woman and a mother. There's not. And I think another even perhaps even more taboo thought, and I stress this is not me, but mm. I certainly know women that this applies to who have grief because having children wasn't what they expected. Yeah. And they're actually the jealousy is of of single friends mm. who don't have children or partnered friends who don't have children. So there's a lot. We I think the whole point is that we don't talk about these feelings enough. Mm. You know, it's not kind of socially acceptable still to kind of go, I'm feeling sad about this or I'm jealous. Yeah. Like I love that Felicity just said, I'm going to own it. I'm jealous. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, my gosh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're getting her back though. So Aww. do make sure that you check out oh, those no, I can three see her shows. Now. Oh there my I gosh, can. she's there! I can see a little <laughs> hand waving. I'm Darling. so. This is this is the most embarrassing interview I've ever done. It's for so people, fun. Uh, <laughs> for people listening, I was 20 minutes late to this interview because I got the timings wrong, and then I just saw that my battery was on 15. percent I'm like, okay, I'll finish this sentence, and then I'll just lean down and get the power cord. I didn't even get the. Hey, you're on low battery. It just went and out. It's okay. Well, do you know what? Let's let's um be be quick while we can before we lose you again. Yeah, there will be there will be no other problems. I promise. I'm here. I promise. Um, I'm so sorry. I do want to just uh, mention your amazing performance in Wakefield because I just oh, loved thanks, it. Man. Um, you know, set in a in a, a mental health institution and just like it was just like oh my god. Did you, did you love it? I haven't seen Wakefield oh, yet. It was just um, soulful. That's what it was. And the whole series was incredible. Um, it, how, did it, how did it come about that you were shooting here in Australia and you live in the UK? Okay. So this will also be part of the show. I got an email. I Let me say this. I have never auditioned for an Australian drama in my life. Not I've never had a part. I have never auditioned. Um, oh, that's no, apart from when I was 17 and I got a part in Heartbreak High, um, <laughs> which I turned down because I wanted to finish school. What a nerd. I just what a opportunities. I thought there'd be so many more opportunities. Yeah. Um, guess what? There was none. Yeah. So um, Leave school, take the so, job. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you can go back and do your studies. Yeah. Get the money. <laughs> it was ABC money, so it was never going to be. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I get an email from my agent when my son is 12 days old saying I know this is a really bad timing I'm like hey <laughs> she's like there's a new series that's filming next year they'd like you to do a self-tape is this something that you'd even be interested in they've attached the script to see if you wouldn't and I was like you know covered in milk in a sleep deprived nightmare and I'm like what I can't read emails 
So anyway, a couple of days later, I think I thought I got I got another nudge from her saying it's fine if it's a no. So I read the script and it was the greatest script I've ever read. Not that I've read heaps of scripts, but it's definitely the greatest script I've ever been sent. And it was like a one-hour feature film, but it was a TV show. I'm like, well, this is incredible. So we got my mum-in-law to come over, look after our baby in the back room. My husband and I filmed a self-tape in my lounge room. You know, like we're both off our heads. And I remember at the time, like putting makeup on, it would have been the first time in three weeks that I put makeup on. And I was like, hmm, I look beautiful. And then I look back at the self-tape, my tits are down near my knees. I've got bags (laughs) under my chin. (laughs) It was just crazy. Anyway, I filmed the self-tape. And then like a week later, my agent's like, the casting agent love it, but we've just got to find out with the network. Look, and it went back and forth and back and forth. And then the showrunners wanted to speak to me. I'm like, I can't speak to you. I can't Mm. organise a chat at 11 Mm. p.m. with a bat. What are you? I can't. And then I found out Jocelyn Morehouse was the director and she wanted to talk to me. I'm like, okay. So we spoke (laughs) to Jocelyn Morehouse. And then they wanted another self-tape. I'm like, give me the job or don't give me the job. (laughs) But I'm trying to be a parent and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, So then I found out on the 23rd or the 24th of December that I had the job. And Frankie was five weeks old. <laughs> Merry six Christmas. Weeks old. Amazing. <laughs> and then they said, we're starting in three weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> and so <sighs> I had postnatal depression. Frankie had colic. He had reflux. My husband had to quit his job. Uh, we had to get someone to rent this place while we were away. We had to get passports. Frankie didn't have a passport. He was like a minute old. I'm going to um, have a panic attack. My husband attack, had to get a seriously. visa. It, Oh, mate, it didn't stop. It didn't stop. So we we landed and Frankie was nine weeks old and I started two days later. So we landed. I was supposed to start the next day, I think. And then I just said to my agent, I just can't, I can't, I can't be in there. So I started on the Tuesday, Um, had to express through all of that stuff. And then I just had, I I couldn't believe I had postnatal depression and was playing a psychiatric nurse Mm, in a psychiatric hospital and one of the patients, in inverted commas, had postnatal depression. Ironically, it was far less traumatic being at work filming because I could pretend that I wasn't a mum. I could just, like, learn the lines and be this other person because I found it so difficult um, being a mum and I always wanted to be a mum. So that was even more shameful and more upsetting Mm. And I ended up got, having to go to this place. Um, it's called Tresillion House and it's in New South Wales. They have one in Victoria uh, called Queen Elizabeth Centre, I think, and they basically do the same thing where they take in um, babies who are having trouble sleeping or parents who are having postnatal depression or they're having trouble feeding and they provide accommodation and meals and training and, like, access to all, and it's free. In both mm-hmm. states it's free. And so I went there during filming for four nights with mm. my baby. It was just insane. Oh, it was just all the things I, insane. I, I just can't even believe that backstory to what an extraordinary performance, Felicity. I just loved it. So, And, and thank you for making time for us yeah. this morning. We are running out of time, but I want to mention oh that God, you, have a, so you, have, you have a podcast, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> the Ashes Urncast. Oh, yeah. The it's Ashes Urncast, yes. Yeah. We've just started that last week. We did do it um, one f- uh, for a different network, um, but they couldn't make it anymore. Uh, it was called The Unbelievable Ashes. So Andy and I have now transferred under his bugle umbrella. And can I it's say, Felicity, 
I don't even like cricket and it's great. There you go. Like for real. Put that a on. A lot of people say yeah. that. Yeah. What a review. Yeah. I don't even like cricket and it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, can't wait to see you when you're here in Australia to see these three amazing shows. Thank you so much, Felicity Ward. It's been amazing to chat with you. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. Okay, we'll have more Broad Radio after this. Ladies, that brings 2021 to a close, our last show um, in what has been our first ever year. What the hell? How yeah. has it happened? You are amazing, Jo. <laughs> yeah, this startup. Absolutely. I mean, when you told me I've, I was on board straight away, I love everything about broad radio and everything Aww. that you're doing. It's Thanks important. So. It's really important. And it's fun. Yeah, and also congrats because the amount of emotional mental intellectual energy that goes into starting any endeavor let alone something this complicated is huge yeah so mm. bravo to you i think for me 2021 good riddance to bad rubbish <laughs> other than broad radio yeah. <laughs> no there are lots of amazing things that come have come out of lockdown heaps mm. of amazing creative endeavors oh. and no come on not just me <laughs> it's not just my extraordinary achievement can i just wallow for a minute give me no, a second can. oh you've told me off for that sorry <laughs> yeah. i'm doing it again yeah. nelly i really have had to chat with myself about that have you since our last conversation yeah, right. when you told me just letting me just, to sit in yes, the shit yes sometimes you just gotta sit there and just go no nah, and move on later Okay. When you're ready. When you're ready. Mm. I'm letting you sit in your Thank shit. Thank you. Thanks, Meanwhile, <laughs> um, let's just, I know we're running late, um, but can we just look back on some of our favourite moments? Yes. And I have to say Chloe McArdle, mm. the amazing Chloe McArdle, who in October this year broke the world record for the most number of crossings of the English Channel, not on a ferry, but swimming, <laughs> mm. actually in the water. With her own human body. I mean, amazing. <laughs> Chloe is a domestic violence survivor. Mm. She endured some, you know, years of um, of abuse, um, psychological abuse and some physical abuse, um, coercive control. And she found solace in swimming and swimming really helped her recover from her post-traumatic stress mm. disorder. Um, and so she went and did it. Amazing. Her 44th crossing of the English Channel. Mm. She is the greatest uh, marathon swimmer. And um, we enjoy chatting to her because, you know, <laughs> you can't really imagine what it's like Amazing. to be in that dark water for mm. 34 <laughs> kilometres <laughs> with, you know, creatures mm. and fumes from the... Is it, is it interesting though, isn't it, how a challenge like that is healing? I interviewed Rosie Batty once and she walked the English Channel um, after the death of her son. And, she and walked the English Channel? Not walked the English what? Channel. Walked the, <laughs> sorry, no, I'm having a moment. The, is it the Moors? The Moors. Oh, the Moors. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, she right. walked the yeah. English Moors. But, the, you know, that same, same. kind of like mm. healing journey, mm. physical exertion, blisters, the whole sort of thing, but come out the other side, I'm sure not completely healed, but on a journey of healing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. But Chloe too, she set herself the challenge of being the best at something when she was at school. Like, That's right. Yeah, Who right. could be bothered? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she tried a few other things, mm. um, triathlon and other sort of physical activity, mm. but settled on ultra marathon yeah. swimming. Yes. yes, you do. <laughs> so Ange, you did ask her this very important question. I want to know what's happening in your head 
as you're swimming, you know, hour after hour? What are you what are you thinking about? What do you what sort of techniques are you using to distract yourself from the fact that you're um, in the English Channel? <laughs> Sometimes I just think about cupcakes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just try and entertain myself with um, having a good effective technique or having a look at the cargo ships, the tankers, the ferries. At night time, the ferries are lit up like Christmas trees, like floating, they float by and I absolutely love that. Um, I love the sunrise. So I try and be really present because mm. there are things to enjoy, even though it is kind of torturous. There are enjoyable <laughs> moments and if I can just savour that enjoyable moment and then it makes all that the hard stuff not as bad. Amazing. She is so inspirational. All power to Chloe. Yes. And can I say it's been a really big part of our experience this year on Broad Radio to share the stories of victim survivors of family violence. Um, That's Mm. been really critical to us. In fact, our very first interview was with Shana Blaze talking about the charity that she set up um, to support uh, victim survivors of family violence. So it's been Mm. a big part of our conversation. We'll continue to. what about you? Would you introduce something for us that was been in, in very enjoyable on Broad Radio? Yes. I Well, should I go with uh, Ms. Emma Donovan or are we going oh, to go Denise, with that later? We're no, going to yeah. go with Denise first. Yes. So we've had these beautiful, amazing comedians on this year mm. and God knows we've needed laughter, <laughs> yes. haven't we? We've needed yes. joy. Yes. And I think for me, Denise Scott, you know, she's such a she's such an icon of Australian comedy and especially, I think, for female comedians. Because, you know, when you and I both started, Joe, mm. there weren't that many. No. There's a lot more now. But she was one of the shining lights, mm. I think. And she's just still, just her face <laughs> is funny. <laughs> In the most yes. beautiful way, you know, her voice, her intonation, let alone her beautifully crafted jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a clip of, yeah. of the uh, wonderful well, Denise Scott. And a lot of her face, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> I try the lady shaver thing. If you've seen it, oh, oh, I have got one. I've got a beauty bag. I can show you. <laughs> it's always ready to go. Have I got one? Here? My face. It's like, oh. hey. So it's a, it's a demo. It's a, See, can you see that? Yes. It's quite small. You can, you, so you, and then you just, you know, um, oh, hear that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's it. It's and I know, but, but it's, it's really subtle. So <laughs> I, I got one. Yes. It's subtle because ladies don't want to be seen to be shaven. Sure. And so I tried it. Um, one night um, in front of John. You know, I've been with John 40 years, Joe. Yes. I sat at the dinner table with him. He didn't even know I was shaving. That's how subtle. <laughs> I sort of gave it a little test. Anyway, I, I have to say it worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. it was like a miracle. I thought I should have been onto this years ago. Face was smooth, smooth and hairless. And then the next morning, I woke up stubble. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. So I looked like, you know, one of the river boys from Home and Away. Like, <laughs> well, you know, I didn't look like that. Is more the point. I was the stubble of a river boy and the body of a 65-year-old woman. So then, but I, so I had to just fit in and... Um, Grow a goatee. <laughs> <laughs>
was it Scotty? I think it was either Scotty or Judith Lucy who used to do a fabulous joke about plucking by Braille. You know, yeah. when your eyes go, yes. which is about 40, and you can't see them anymore, yeah. so you've just got to feel around. That's what I do in traffic. That's Same. my favourite thing to do in That's traffic. That's my TV time. Yeah. I've just got tweezers oh, all over God. the house. Anyway, we must <laughs> say thank you to our listeners who have joined us this year as well. It's been just amazing mm. to have our audience just growing bit by bit every week. It's been a joy to hear their stories as well. And at one point we did ask, where have you taken your baby bump? And where did you take your baby bump? I took my baby bump to the 2012 AFL Grand Final. Oh, my gosh, look at your baby bump. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go swans on it <laughs> Yes. That is the best. How did you go in the crowd? Did you find that? Because I remember being pregnant at the footy and just, you know, queuing for the toilets and all that. It was very hard to even fit in the seats. It, um, it was good. People just loved it and were, were very helpful. My family were very stressed for me, um, wondering if I was going to have birth at the game. I took my baby bump to a Def Leppard concert. I took my baby bump all over the world to different mine sites with my work. You were working on mines. Look, there I you was. are. That's your, there's no baby bump there at the moment in that photo, but there you are working as an engineer on mines. And did you have maternity wear back then? No, we did not have maternity wear back there. We didn't have many women back then. We still probably don't, but no, I just used um, like oversized men's wear because all of the uniform was made for men. So you just had to pick the size that you could get over your baby bump. But they do make uh, stout hard jacket type wear which for men with beer bellies and so that kind of works all right i love the beer bellies the maternity wear oh that's funny it is funny so i took mine to to the prince concert yes so i say to francis you were there yeah prince was on stage i accidentally went to work Mm. with mine not not knowing you know in your first pregnancy Mm. booked in a gig in darwin at like eight months pregnant. So it's like sweating, <laughs> enormous. Like I swelled up like the Michelin man. Anyway, we did it. We do it. We mm. push through. Hey, um, so thank you to our listeners. It's been just wonderful to have you. I'm going to invite also over here. Uh, this is our off-air team who have seen Woo! us through. Now, firstly, we have Olivia here, Olivia Daisy Smith, who I can't, I can never not say her middle name because that's her, that's an email address or something. Now I've given it away. You're going to get a whole lot of spam. Sorry, Olivia's been with us. Uh, she came via the RMAT uh, journalism course, and Liv, it's just been extraordinary to have you oh, working you. for yeah. us. Yeah, Liv. Yeah, you are the future of journalism in this country. Thank goodness. And thank you for dealing with the mother hens that have pecked around you. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I love She's it. such a baby. Oh, I love it. <laughs> She's a big girl now. She's a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's, and we got Cecilia Ramsdale here, who is our content Yay. producer. Yay, Cess. Yeah, thank you so much, Cess, for an amazing year oh, and for joining well us right from the beginning. Yes. Well, it's really. Get to the speaky bit. Oh, sorry, yes. I I should know how microphones work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, This is really awkward. Yeah, it is. Anyway, here you go. Mm. I'll go short. Yeah, Um, yeah, what a year. Mm. I still think it's 
amazing that it's less than 12 months ago that you rang me and you were like, I've got this idea. Mm. Do you want to come and help me work it out? And I went, all right, let's and work it out. And here we are. You should have hung up. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Ro, who's over there, Ro Murray, who runs the show on the other side of the camera there and she can't Hi, go over everyone. here. This is my beautiful view. <laughs> <laughs> all the behind the scenes. I'm the cable dweller. Just, you know, back pushing buttons. Yeah. Well, and thank you also, Ro, for just the extraordinary efforts and the unflappable nature with which you just go about the business over there. We try. (laughs) No, honestly. Very calm. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute raging adventure this year. (laughs) That's a good way of putting (laughs) chaos. It's an adventure. Hey, thank you to everybody. I have to say thank you also to Angelie Rao, Bianca Chatfield, Kirsty Wiebeek, Zoe Daniel, Kerry Stanley and of course Shelley Ware who joined us today as well. From um, They're all our beautiful co-hosts and I had to write it down because Again, I was late night at graduation. <laughs> Mama's no good at that anymore. Ladies, yeah. thank you so much. And we have a big year next year as we build our app and we're going to be making some changes as to how we deliver broad radio to you. But it's going to be all exciting and amazing. Um, it's time for a Christmas cheer. Yes, yes, seasons yes, greetings. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Season's greetings. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, all the things. All, all of that. the things. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see Bye. you in 2022. Yay! Woo. It's a big Bye. it's a big um yeah. it's a big way for yeah. all of us, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.